This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman. As you know, I'm a big proponent of CBD to tonify the endocannabinoid system. I've found that it helps people relax and can support restful sleep, a real breakthrough in herbal products. The CBD brand I take personally and recommend to my patients is Plus CBD from CV Sciences. And now I'm excited about a new natural wellness line from Plus CBD, CBD Calm and CBD Sleep. CBD Calm helps ease tension, soothe irritability, and contributes to a greater sense of contentment through a blend of Plus CBD's award-winning full-spectrum CBD, plus L-theanine, and 5-HTP. CBD Sleep aids occasional sleeplessness with CBD Plus melatonin, as well as soothing magnolia bark extract and relaxing lemon balm so you can get the rest you need and wake up alert and focused. Both products are backed by science with clinically researched active ingredients. To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman, today with Layla Mutin, who is our nutritionist in residence, capably helping me to field your questions. Questions come to radio program at AOL.com. Thanks for filling up our email box this week, but we always need more questions. So if you have uh, any concerns, whether it be about COVID or non-COVID, whether it even be an expression of an opinion, uh, we're happy to air it on Q&A with Layla. Radio program at AOL.com is the destination. So um, what's our next question again, please? We've got an email from Sue. Sue, she's asking about clear nasal spray. A while ago, you had a program with the CEO of Clear, and you discussed the product being effective against COVID. It was said that the company had applied to the FDA for approval. I'd like to know what happened. Was it approved? Has it been found to really be effective? Okay. Um, Well, if you listen to that podcast, you may have heard that I expressed some degree of skepticism about whether FDA would approve an over-the-counter nasal spray for COVID uh, because... Um, they're very, very fixated on, um, the vaccine and they're very fixated on, uh, very high tech pharmaceutical drugs. So, uh, even something like uh, ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine has created enormous controversy, uh, and has been, the use has been discouraged by the the CDC in the person of Tony Fauci, who is, Mm -hmm. um, you know, who look to his credit. I mean, he did usher... Uh, in a an era uh, where AIDS is treatable through the development of high-tech pharmaceutical drugs. And I think yeah. his model for how COVID is going to be conquered is that through the ingenuity of the pharmaceutical industry, we're going to come up with drugs or a drug cocktail so that when people get COVID, they don't die uh, or better vaccines because the current vaccines yeah. are, you know, somewhat wanting in terms of conferring um, complete protection, as was once thought. So, mm-hmm. uh, however, uh, you know, let me let me share with you this, and this I've got this from uh, Business Wire. Uh, health professionals petition WHO, that's the World Health Organization, for guidance. People should use nasal sprays to combat COVID nineteen pandemic. Doctors use in treating patients. Studies show nasal sprays such as Clear reduces the risk of COVID nineteen transmission and infection. So this is, I mean, look, I I think that this is, uh, it's not a stunt. Because I think these uh, these people at Clear are very idealistic. 
Uh, and they actually, frankly, they expose themselves to some risk because, you know, you make claims about something natural over the counter, and they're going to come after you. So I think it's actually courageous and not opportunistic that they're make you know, uh, putting together these petitions. But uh, yeah. sprays can actually block, deactivate or kill the virus. Uh, there is some evidence that sprays with povidine, you know, made with a, a diluted uh, solution of povidine can de- inactivate the virus. Um, what, uh, you know, we did a podcast with, um, uh, uh, Dr. Um, what's that? <laughs> I just did it. Uh, the, uh, uh-huh. doctor from Michigan, um, who is, um, doing, he's actually treating a lot of, uh, patients, uh, with, COVID, you know, that's a courageous stance because a lot of doctors have just sort of closed up shop. You know, when it comes to COVID, they say, you know, stay home, go to the hospital, don't come into my office. But he said, come to the office. And he treated them and he treated them with uh, uh, inhalation, nebulized nebulized, uh, inhalation um, uh, of um, povidine and hydroperoxide. So, yeah. Uh, now, to be clear, it's pun intended, it's not the ingredient in clear that we're talking about because that's xylitol. Xylitol, right. Xylitol right. seems to be antibacterial. For some reason, it appears to also, maybe it just cause, clears the nasal passages and it Keeps helps. our nose clean. Mm-hmm. Keeping the nose clean is important, right? Didn't they write yeah. a pamphlet or, or a book on that, keeping your nose clean or the importance of keeping your nose clean? It's, it's Dr. Brownstein who, was, who I interviewed. Oh, I see. Yeah. So okay. that's that's a really good podcast to listen to because it, it talks about uh, natural modalities for treatment of COVID. And he's not even a fan of ivermectin. You know, he's not against ivermectin. He doesn't find it necessary in treating his patients. He had a very high success rate and published a paper. So mm-hmm. I, I think if, if you get COVID, I think it's a really good idea to gargle uh, with, you know, I don't really believe in gargling with Listerine on a regular basis, but Listerine is actually, no. it's kind of a, it's kind of herbal, actually. It has a lot of thymol in it, which contains uh, thymoquinone, which is an antiviral compound. And huh. uh, it even gargling with salt water helps COVID. And using any kind Terrific. of nasal spray, maybe, you know, clear is fine. Or you can use a povidine iodine nasal spray if you get COVID. Um, you know, if you're in a situation where maybe you think you've been had some exposure, you know, I, I go home sometimes I go, you know, I, I was in a crowded place here. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do some, some couple of snorts of clear, um, because mm-hmm. it, it, it rinses my nasal passages. And if any viral particles lodge there, it might be, uh, it might help to, uh, mobilize them. Wash it away. Cause it, it's break not- up any biofilms bio around bacteria as well. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. uh, and, you know, there's also some evidence that clear reduces uh, allergic symptoms. We know that allergy predisposes to COVID. Um, yes. And, you know, speaking of, we talked earlier about, you know, disasters, natural disasters. The, the fires in California are really going to increase disease because you yes. know, burning particulate matter, uh, you know, not only affects the lungs because the nasal passages, it may increase the risk for COVID, you know, because people's uh, nasal passages are inflamed. Their immune systems are not as resilient to fight it yeah. off. And uh, the virus can then implant. And that, not to mention the toxicity that can occur to, to brain, to pancreas, to kidneys, uh, to all yes. the organs of the body, to liver, because you're inhaling it. And these very, very tiny particulate uh, matter, you know, not the size of ash, 
but almost mm-hmm. uh, you know, invisible to the naked eye. They get into the bloodstream and they can be harmful. I mean, there's actually a study that shows that uh, in the California fires uh, that the average time of uh, pregnancy was shortened. There was more oh, wow. uh, premature delivery in moms exposed to the, uh, the fire toxins. That's interesting. Like the body was trying to purge of that pollution. Yep. And purge the baby. Wow. Get the baby out. You know, it's like Get this is not out. a happy environment. Well, it's also known in some scientific circles, maybe more integrative, uh, that, you know, the, the places with the most pollution are the ones that would be most prone to pandemic, which is interesting. So as to the question... So- you know, we're, I think I'm going to check uh, my schedule because I do. I think I will be speaking to the folks from Clear. Um, mm. lay, let's see when is when is it when is it when is it. Um, <laughs> it's usually on my schedule. Okay, uh, hey, November 18th. Okay, so okay, there you go. By then, you know, we'll have you know a lot of perspective on that story, and I'll be sure to ask them. So stay tuned. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But I don't, Sue, think, I don't think it's going anywhere. I don't think it's going question. anywhere. And there, there's actually a citizen's petition. If you go online, there's a citizen's petition that you can sign on to if you want to uh, encourage the FDA. Uh, but, it, you know, it's there's sort of institutional resistance to something that's like a guerrilla tactic to deal with COVID. I'm pretty sure they won't endorse it. Yeah. yeah. On to a different matter. This is from Catherine. Hi, Dr. Hoffman. I have hyperparathyroidism suddenly after having a partial thyroidectomy. Okay. So can I explain? Uh, Can I explain? Yeah. Yeah. Hyperparathyroidism is a condition where the parathyroid glands, which, you know, para means to the side. So they actually, there are four of them and they're tiny and they sit on top of the thyroid. Now, if you remove part of the thyroid or all of the thyroid, uh, you have to be careful to not damage or take away the parathyroids because the parathyroids are very important for calcium metabolism. But I would suspect that a thyroid surgery would lead to hypoparathyroidism, like low, low parathyroid, because taking one away, you get less parathyroid hormone. It's almost like the thyroid surgery irritated her parathyroid and made the parathyroid overactive. That's kind of weird. Wow. Wow. Well, she goes on to say, my calcium levels are abnormally high. High would be hyperparathyroidism instead of hypo. Yeah, that is hyperparathyroidism. So Catherine says, I take, I take vitamin K2 to control the calcium. Hmm. But get this, and I, I wonder if this is a typo. She said she takes 15 milligrams of K2. Well, K2, not, we normally dose in micrograms. That'd be like 15,000 you know, 15, micrograms. Yeah. Be, that would be a lot of pills because I think the most potent yeah, ones are like, like yeah. what are they? But she also takes vitamin D. Okay, here, so here's the thing. Um, it won't help because it's like the parathyroid in this case is kind of like a runaway horse. And yeah. you know, the in normal people without hyperparathyroidism, vitamin K does help to keep the calcium in the bone and prevent the calcium from going into your arteries. Uh, yeah. But uh, when you have hyperparathyroidism, it you can take a boatload, if she really is taking that much, of vitamin K. It may help 
somewhat to protect the heart from calcium deposition. I mean, it's not maybe a bad thing to take, but it won't fix the hyperparathyroidism. You have to treat the hyperparathyroidism uh, often with removal of the parathyroid gland. Uh, Catherine's concern is osteopenia. She wants to be able to help osteopenia without having to take a calcium supplement. No, but hyperparathyroidism is a risk factor for uh, osteopenia. And osteoporosis, it will yes. send a signal to the bone. Yeah, it'll yeah. send a signal to the bone it's to mobilize all the bone. calcium. So it has to be treated. It, it actually, if you see somebody that's surprisingly osteoporotic, and you might want to do a test for parathyroid hormone to see if they have hyperparathyroidism because you don't want to miss that because you can give them yeah. all the strontium and all the vitamin D and calcium and well everything else. But because there's a literally kind of a, a tumor on the parathyroid, making the thyroid, I mean, sorry, on the parathyroid, making the parathyroid overproduce parathyroid hormone. Uh, yet the way to deal with it is um, uh, to um, treat it surgically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So go see an endocrinologist. Yes. Yes, go see an endocrinologist. We hope you feel better soon, Catherine. Thank you for your email. Let's see. We've got one from Nicole. Greetings. We hear a lot about how good olive oil is for for us internally. I was wondering the health benefits of it externally. Is it as beneficial externally as internally, seeing that we that what we put on our skin we do absorb? Hmm. Well, hmm. Uh, there may be something to it. I mean, uh, the ancient uh, Greeks and Romans used to, you know, use olive oil. Um, sure. The athletes used to oil themselves down, you know, with olive oil. Yeah. Uh, so maybe it improved their skin. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as long as it's a good quality oil, the way people, I guess, would use coconut oil yeah. on their skin, I suppose olive oil could be another alternative. It has antioxidants in it, which makes it plausible. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I'd rather keep the olive oil, that beautiful, fruity-tasting olive oil, as a salad dressing myself. Right. Yeah. And it, but, it, um, it makes you kind of slippery, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And remember, Nicole, when you're taking a good quality olive oil internally, you will see the benefits of it externally. Yes, whether yes. It's smoother skin, uh, more uh, moist skin, less dry skin, maybe less dry hair as well. You know, there are... Lots of benefits. It's a good monounsaturated fat. Yep. To be using in your diet. Yes. Okay. We've got, oh, this is an interesting one from Carrie. Carrie says, I'm a teacher in New Jersey who has chosen not to get the COVID vaccine after doing a risk benefit analysis with my doctor. Okay. Now, is that still permissible in New Jersey? I don't know. Uh, they keep they keep moving the goalposts on that. Maybe. Well, as a result, my school district is implementing two times a week testing for teachers who opt out of the vaccine. My question and concern lies in the chemicals found on the swab used for COVID testing. Testing ethylene oxide is on the swabs used to test, and it is a known human carcinogen. I am concerned about the safety of testing twice a week 
with this known carcinogen. Mm -hmm. I use clear nasal spray regularly and intend to use it after the testing as well. Can you please comment on the safety of the swab testing and if I should be concerned or not about ethylene oxide, which is listed as one of the ingredients? Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting and unique point that she makes is that, you know, technically ethylene oxide is a carcinogen. Uh, yeah. But I think it's more of a carcinogen when inhaled, although I guess there's technically the possibility that the small amount on a nasal swab, you know, will uh, evaporate and, you know, be breathed in. But um, mm. I, that's really an interesting point. And I think it might be prudent to, uh, you know, uh, use clear nasal spray to kind of rinse out your nasal passage. So I actually have uh, – I happen to have a swab kit right here in front of me. Uh, it's the home test kit. Um, mm-hmm. which, um, I, I picked up actually, I picked it up at the, just a regular drugstore. It's available over the counter, uh, because I think it's not a bad idea for people to have self tests available at home because so often, you know, you get that email or phone call from somebody who says, Oh, you know, I hate to tell you, but you know, that party you were at, you know, uh, my, my daughter came down with, uh, COVID and, uh, you know, ah. I know that I know it was mostly outside, uh, but, um, you know, we, we did get close. And so I just want to let you know that maybe you should be tested. And so, yeah. you know, people, even vaccinated people may have an asymptomatic case. Um, sure. so people might want to have a, a home test kit. This one's from Abbott. It's called the Binax Now COVID-19 antigen self-test and it's available under an emergency use authorization, but it is an official test. It's not a bogus test. And Abbott Labs is a reputable lab. And mm-hmm. uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of pricey, 25 bucks for two tests. And you can just swab your nasal passages. It does not use ethylene oxide. But, oh, good. Uh, mm. but and the declaration here, and I look for any possible chemicals in it, uh, in the package insert, because I have to tell you what's in it. And what it says is that, um, you know, you're supposed to take the swab and then put it in a little liquid that they give you. They give you a little vial of liquid, which helps kind of develop it. And yeah. um, and then you apply that to the a little uh, cassette, and mm-hmm. then if you see lines uh, in a certain place, it's it's negative, and if you see lines in another place, it's positive. Um, mm. So it's kind of like idiot proof, but what they say basically is don't drink the thing and <laughs> don't drink the thing and <laughs> don't drink that. Don't drink. But don't the, put the plastic bag over your head. Yeah, you know, but. <laughs> It doesn't say anything bad about the nasal swab. There's no, right. there's no uh, declaration about what's on the nasal swab. So, I don't know. Maybe this is an alternative. I don't know if it would be acceptable because this is not a PCR test. This is an antigen self test, which is different. I see. And mm-hmm. you know, so it. I think the the quote gold standard is the PCR test. The PCR test, which is mostly not immediate. Uh, it can be mm-hmm. processed rapidly. Sometimes uh, they're doing it at airports now, I think. So you can, you know, sometimes before your flight, you know, may want to get a test to see if you're, or you may be required to take a test. Um, yeah. 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 Interesting. It's, it's interesting. I, you know, yeah. bringing up an interesting and, one. And Dr. Hoffman, I also, I also wanted to let you know what else Carrie wrote here. I've been listening to your program for decades. Oh, wonderful. Beginning with, Rides in the car with my dad as a teen. Wow. When we would both listen to WOR together. Now I listen to you every day on Apple Podcasts. I value your opinion above all, quite frankly, and could really, I really need your advice right now. So, Carrie, 
Yeah. Well, that's very, very touching. Um, that's very touching. Yeah. So, but, I, you know, this is a... Obviously, this is a person who is a, a careful person. And, yeah. uh, you know, to say that, you know, we say so, I mean, so often in the press, people who don't take the vaccine are characterized as idiots. They're idiots. They're ignorant. They're a bunch of stupid hillbillies, whatever. Uh, but there are some people like this teacher who, you know, they've looked at the risks and the benefits and, you know, rightly or wrongly, they've ascertained that for them personally, uh, they don't want to undertake it. Maybe they got a condition that they think predisposes them to vaccine reactions, rightly or wrongly. Uh, you never know. Uh, maybe they don't have that much contact. Um, so she's willing to go through this arduous testing thing as an alternative. But she, she even did a deep dive on the uh, potential hazards of the testing. So you know, this is not a this is not a uh, an ignorant uh, person. Yeah. Obviously, here's to teachers. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, Dr. Hoffman, yes, this would be a good time for a word from one of our sponsors. Yes, we don't want to be didactic, but uh, <laughs> let's uh, allow one of our sponsors an opportunity to message you on this subject. There's never been a more important time to ensure your immune system is operating at its peak. This is Dr. Ronald Hoffman with a new natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals created exclusively to help promote a better immune response. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea. Future Farm's elderberry with zinc and echinacea is the first to combine these three powerful ingredients together. Elderberry is packed with antioxidants, vitamins, and may boost your immune system. Echinacea has been shown to activate chemicals in the body that decrease inflammation, and zinc activates T lymphocytes. Low zinc has been associated with increased susceptibility. For more information and order, call 888-841-7216. That's 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Elderberry with zinc and echinacea is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. Myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Okay, thanks for... Uh Indulging us in a moment of pedagogy, to use a fancy word. <laughs> Hope you learned something. And now back to our question. We have time for one more question. Can yes, we? yes. And and this comes from Mr. Lucky. Mr. Lucky? <laughs> Mr. Lucky. Wait, is that like in the Clint Eastwood movie? Are you feeling lucky today? Are you feeling? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he writes, hi, Layla and Dr. Hoffman. So I was curious, since you guys are both very healthy individuals, when's the last time you've gotten sick with a cold or something similar? How often do you come down with the common cold or just not feeling well like a bug? You, well, go, you go first, Layla. I can Layla. tell you right now yeah. that over the last, what, has it been 18 months, two years? I haven't had anything but springtime hay fever, you know. I'll sneeze a little, I'll get a little congestion, and then it's pretty much over. Okay. Now, now yeah. I go. You want me to go? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so I, I something really interesting has happened is I used to be good for a couple of colds a year. You know, maybe maybe sometimes three. You know, I have a lot of contact mm-hmm. with people. You know, I was out and about, and of course I took no precautions. Uh, around that time, I uh, interviewed a guy about mushrooms and I told him about, you know, that, you know, he said, I'd be happy to send you samples. You know, mushrooms have immune stimulating effects. And uh, he said, 
you know, you take this, this, and this. And, you know, he said, take cordyceps and take some reishi mushroom extract. And um, uh, I also amped it up with uh, something called Empower. So I t- started taking a lot of immune stimulating things. And this is before COVID. And then I mm-hmm. went for, yeah, pretty nearly a year without a cold. And then COVID came. And uh-huh. I, I'm really careful about getting with people. Uh, because of COVID. And yeah. I got to tell you, I mean, not, I'm knocking wood. I'm knocking wood. Knocking on wood here too. Yep. Yep. Uh, I have to tell you, this is about the longest time as an adult that I've gone without getting anything. And, yeah. you know. Well, I'll tell you, pre I mean, pre- I could do it a little less with, you know, with isolation, you know. Yeah. Two years ago, two years ago, I would have been good for a cold a year. Typically a winter cold. Mm-hmm. You know, but that that hasn't happened since, you know, March of 20, 2020. Do you attribute to anything you're doing different supplement wise? Uh, no, I, I made sure that I, I'm absolutely bolstered on vitamin D and vitamin C, but I've always been doing that. Yeah, yeah. And you know, those still- are two I don't ever run out of. Right. Um, I mean, I, I mean, one I, theory I is it that. It's uh, more the isolation. It's more, it's more the isolation. One theory is that. You know, I, maybe I got every conceivable, you know, cold virus and, and you know, flu virus that was around, and I built up some really good natural immunity, you know, because- There you go. I mean, it, I mean, that's the advantage of being sick. I mean, uh, if it doesn't yes. really natural damage immunity. you and you recover, uh, then, you know, you're you're getting a more comprehensive kind of immunity than you might get from a vaccine. Is that where the phrase comes, if it doesn't kill you, it makes you stronger? <laughs> yes. Or what doesn't kill us makes us stronger? Yeah. Well, the only problem is, you know, if what whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger, unless you get long COVID, which is, mm. you know, can occur in people with mild infections, which is a real thing. And that's the disturbing thing. It'd be, yeah. it, it'd be a lot uh, less uh, worrisome if, it, you know, the death rate was what it was, you know, very low, especially in younger, healthy individuals. And then you're fine. But a certain percentage of people are really having trouble after having COVID, even if they have mild, relatively mild infections. And relatively mild means they're, you know, a few days of misery. Uh, but yes. that, that is still considered relatively mild because you didn't need, you know, medication or hospitalization. Yeah. Yeah. So. So, Miss Lucky, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> are you feeling lucky? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we thank you for all the questions. It's a radio program at AOL.com. So keep them coming. Yeah, we we'll look be, forward to them. Yeah, we'll be back again next week for more of Q&A with Layla. Thanks, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.